it's been in the world of professional wrestling, the world of sports, and the world of everything. This is BAM Weekly, Boris and Matt Weekly, where we talk all things sports, we talk all things entertainment, and sometimes we even talk sports entertainment. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Uh, Boris, yeah, the world, it ain't ain't stopping. So many things to discuss today. Too many that we couldn't even get in everything we wanted to. We're going to try to keep it a nice, tight 90 minutes for you, the listener. But thank you very much to Kevin O'Leary for supplying that amazing theme song. God, I love it so much. Thank you very much to the Smack Daddies, Boris, for covering our arses last week on NXT Talk. And thank you, the listener, for... uh, Sticking with us here. Exactly. Tons to be thankful for. Too many thanks to go out there. Uh, But yeah, we have a jam-packed show for you on the sports side. It is the NFL playoffs, so we're going to be chatting some NFL playoffs. And then on the wrestling side, we have a lot of discussions. We're going to be talking about MLW Azteca. We're going to be talking about Wrestle Kingdom Night 3. We're going to be talking about some Noah shows. We're going to be talking about Impact and the upwards trajectory the positivity the momentum that they have moving forward we have tons to talk about but before all of that matt how are you i'm very well man thank you for asking yeah lots of uh lots of responsibilities work has been busy and uh, i'm picking up more shifts because you know there's a late christmas boom here at the store like uh it seems like once the winter hits a hobby shop you know the uh, people turn to uh paints and models and stuff a lot as i'm learning i'm new to the game right i don't i don't i'm not a hobby guy i just kind of got this job because it's my friend's store and they needed people i'm a decent hard worker you know uh able-bodied young man boris as it were but uh yeah man it's uh it's busy life is good though i went on that date that went well you know hanging in there slugging away uh can't complain buddy how are you doing i'm doing i'm doing fine i'm doing swell touching on the hobby thing you know here in ontario we are back essentially in a lockdown so it kind of makes sense not only is it the winter people are looking for indoor activities to do but because we are in the middle of a lockdown well what else do you have to do but to like you know find new hobbies and stuff you know some people make sourdough bread some people build models some people do other stuff you know to each their own yeah, some people watch copious amounts of wrestling, Boris, like you and me. Yeah, exactly. A little too much sometimes, but we watch it all so you don't have to, so that we can talk about it on the various shows that we uh, host, like NXT Talk, like BAM, um, and you know we'll be making our uh, our appearances on the flagship show. Uh, so yeah, so tons tons going on, man. But yeah, no, overall I'm doing well. Honestly, super busy. I've today has been one of those days where I've been going nonstop since six thirty in the morning. Um, I've I've barely had time to even get up from my chair. It's been so busy, but you know it's it's been good. It's been a good busy uh, on the on the wrestling side of stuff. You know I've been doing quite a few interviews for Slam. Some 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 of those recordings will end up on uh, Sunday night's main event in some shape, way, or form, whether it be the flagship show or a podcast we have yet to see. But uh, yeah, it's, it's you know things are going well, man. I cannot complain for the most part. 
Awesome. Yeah, we got a couple things uh, cooking up on the stove there. A couple a couple pots of bubbling here at uh, Sunday night's main event radio. Always coming up with new ideas, trying to give y'all some some good content out there. And Boris, well, sorry, sorry to hear you're so busy, man. But that's good. You know, you got to better than doing nothing, I suppose. Honestly, that's the thing. It is better than doing nothing, especially at this point, right? Like, if, I, I don't know what I would do with myself. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I have been feeling a little under the weather, but it's nothing crazy. But, uh, you know, keep on trucking. As you said at the top of the show, I do want to thank the Smack Daddies, Brad and Greg, for kind of stepping in and uh, doing the NXT review for us uh, this week. Um, you know, it, we did a review for them. On Christmas Eve, they returned the favor, and it—I—I'll be 100% honest. I really needed the day. Like it was, it was, it was good. It was, it was perfect timing. Um, yeah, it just it was good to not even feel the pressure to watch the show live. It was great. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you got some rest and didn't have to worry about to kick your feet up. And yeah, we'll be back in full force next week. But yeah, again, thanks to Brad and Greg. And uh, yeah, man, I'm uh, definitely excited to get back to the NXT train. I actually haven't watched the show yet. I, like you, enjoyed a week off. I will watch it, though. I think next NXT talk, we're going to do a double UK corner and NXT proper and just kind of catch up to all the shows we've missed and we'll kind of reset ourselves. But uh, that's enough NXT. Should we start with some sports talk, big homie? Did you see the NCAA National Championship game? I actually watched bits and pieces of it. It, uh, you know, it's crazy. Maybe the Bama dynasty is done. Yeah, well, I don't know if you'd say it's done, but yeah, for sure. It's a, a small chink in Nick Saban's uh, armor. And Boris, as Miami Dolphins fans, you know, we're eating that up. But uh, yeah, it was a rough day for Bryce Young, a, a rough day for Alabama, for sure. I watched all of the second half. I, I missed most of the first half, to be honest. But yeah, Georgia was on paper the better team. I feel like that's that's pretty fair to say. I feel like that's for sure the consensus. And uh, they came out strong. Uh, you know, Alabama is a public team. They're like the Cowboys. But on these in these years where they actually aren't the most talented team, it's pretty interesting. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I absolutely love seeing someone else win sometimes, right? Um, it's fun to see. And the game wasn't all too bad, right? Like, you know, there there's a level of play when I watch a college game. It's kind of like watching the MLS or something. And I don't mean that in like to disparage the talent level, but you know, it's just the it's the reality, right? Um, sometimes you see some of the funniest stuff in these college games, but sometimes you see some of the most incredible stuff in these college games. And it's just, uh, you know, I think Monday's game just had a little bit of everything. It was pretty entertaining, and uh, you know, congrats to Georgia for for getting the big W, uh, you know, beating the almighty uh, Alabama. It's like, like we said, it's always good to see somebody new in the throne. Yes, absolutely. It was a very close game until the fourth quarter. It was a, not sloppy, but like a hard-fought defensive battle until the floodgates opened in the fourth and Georgia finally pulled ahead because, again, they were the superior team. But, yeah, I don't watch much college football, but I do try to catch a little bit there, here and there, and uh, the final when I can. I'm way more into the college basketball, though. Like, I'm more apt to watch a random regular season like Duke versus whoever game, you know? No, exactly. I think here in Canada, just you know, it's easier to watch college basketball yes, than it is to watch sure. college football, right? Like for some reason, it's just harder to find on TV. Um, and and just the the overall system, right, with the various divisions, the way that everything works, and the way that they even do the math to to figure out 
the you know the playoffs and all that fun stuff in the college football it's very confusing um and and we're just not trained for that here and you sports you know it's it's i would love for that to get more attention but you know the money just isn't there yeah, unfortunately, that's the way it is in this country. But we still do. We are producing a few more athletes here and there. And it's it, it's like anything else, especially with soccer. If you look at like Davies and all kinds of these, this new generation of talent, as soon as we get the players, it will inspire kids to want to play the sports, which will inspire the schools and the youth programs to pop up. And it's kind of like a chicken versus the egg situation. But all we need is like one or two stars to hit and then the sport explodes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, you know, overall, pretty good game on Monday. Congrats again to George. Uh, let's see if Alabama can uh, get back. But now that, you know, the rules are changing in terms of sponsorship deals and just deals in general for, for, for collegiate athletes, I think we're going to be seeing a very, I don't want to say very big change, but we're going to be seeing a change. I think some schools who, you know, you never would have thought or new even existed are going to be making a bit of a splash. Let's hope, especially with the transfer window, it's definitely possible. But yeah, the dominance of the SEC and like the southern part of the United States in college football is both amazing for that part of the country, but kind of shitty for even the people like you and me who are, you know, like international fans, but even like American fans in the West Coast or the East Coast or whatever it might be. Right. So I it would be awesome if the, the new sponsorship rules and the transfer window actually led to college football opening up college sports in general. That would be great. We'll see if it happens because it might just lead to the rich getting richer as well. Exactly. Like, you know, on paper, it's supposed to lead to a more level playing field, but we'll see what actually ends up happening. Um, you know, I, yeah. here, the reason why I say that is we haven't seen too much resistance from certain schools, which means that they know something that we don't. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's it's a little fishy, a little suspicious how okay with it the uh, evil giant powers are, Boris. The powers that be. I agree with that. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'm I'm you know it's intriguing. It's cool to see like fair trade I, on paper. We'll we'll again we'll see how it's really shaking out. But the transfer portal in both football and basketball has exploded. Like a lot of athletes go to and fro every year now. So yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy because that's again just like in pro sports that was unheard of. But now you're just seeing so much of it. And even after Monday night's game, like you saw a lot of players both on from Bama going into the portal. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it's interesting. And March Madness is not too far away. We're going to see some conference tournaments coming up soon. It's it's a lot of fun. And the video games are coming as well. Probably two or three years. We're going to get some NCAA basketball, football, baseball, maybe even a Frozen Four hockey game, Boris. Who knows? The world is our oyster now. It's exactly. Exactly. So speaking of big giants, evil giants, let's talk about some NFL and the NFL playoffs as <laughs> The regular season wrapped up in one of the craziest ways humanly possible. Um, you know, we joked about this last year, but who would have thought that the Raiders and the Chargers not only go to the playoffs, but there was a legit possibility, if it wasn't for egos, for them to get a tie to eliminate the Pittsburgh Steelers from contention and both the Raiders and the Chargers move forward. Obviously, that didn't happen. But what an end to the NFL season. What a way to, you know, to 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 prove the naysayers wrong about the 18 week season, about the new playoff format. There we go. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny that it came down to the forbidden scenario, the tie that would have gotten both teams in. But at least competitive spirits held up Boris. It wasn't a finger poke of doom situation. It was an actual legitimate game. And uh, yeah, I would not have selected the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders to make the playoffs coming into the year. Certainly wouldn't have once they fired John Gruden. So it's very interesting that they ended up in there. Didn't see it coming. What a crazy end. Uh, week 18, it lived up to the hype. We, It's okay. But it's going to become week 19 or week 20 in a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. That's that's. We'll see exactly what happens there. But you know that they're just looking. They're just looking to add more games, more regular season games, and uh, expand the nights that they're on. You know, they're on Thursday. They're on Sundays. They're on Mondays. I can see more Saturday games because they don't care about the traditional. You know, Friday high school, Saturday college, and Sunday pro games. But uh, we'll see exactly what happens there. Um, oddly enough, we called it last week. We should have put money on it. The Dolphins obviously beat the New England Patriots. Yeah, we knew it would happen. And I mean, it it is what it is. Miami, I'm surprised that they fired Brian Flores, although I think that's, uh, it's two things. Flores is a strong-willed, he's got a strong personality, um, and it's a clash of personalities. But more than that, I think they're really all in on trying to steal Harbaugh from Michigan. I, I, I do think there's a really good chance that Harbaugh will be coaching the Dolphins next year buddy so i don't even know if i like that we'll see how that works but he was pretty good with san francisco i'm not a big fan of that in the grand scheme of that i'm not a hardball fan but you know from what i'm hearing more about flores like you said he's a very about flores is that he's very stubborn he wants his he wants his way and the clashes that he had with tua especially during the whole deshaun watson uh, uh uh you know uh uh, Deshaun Watson fiasco. Gate. fiasco fiasco yeah. that's the word um you know that's really what cemented his future but you're seeing a lot of players upset like the locker room is split how do you fix this as the GM uh it might be it might be the kind of thing where Tua gets the fall for this and he has to go too uh because it's kind of going to be split like if the, if the locker room are, there's going to be a contingent of people who are Flores guys, honestly, and it's going to be seen like Tua got this guy fired, which in a roundabout way I think is true, although it's more because Flores is a loud, in-your-face, old-school guy who's like not above like dressing you down and like basically yelling at you and calling you, I don't know, I, I can't say like I'm not there in the room, but just yeah. reading all the reports. You know what I mean? It really just seems like he's like just an old school disciplinarian and it just didn't really sit well with some of the current day Miami Dolphins. So I don't know. I can see a rift and I could honestly see it being the end of Tua. We'll see what happens, though, man. I wouldn't. I, I, at first, at the start of the season, I was really pro Tua, but seeing it progress, you you do actually have to wonder as a Dolphins fan if he's going to improve. Is there a superstar quarterback there or is, is Tua kind of what? He is right now. Is he always going to be this kind of fumble prone, interception prone player? Injury you know? prone player, right? Like injury prone. How many times did he get injured already? One season in, right? Like it's crazy. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I don't know. Miami, uh, it's it's rough times for the Dolphins fans. As much as the the roster on paper is pretty okay, a couple tweaks will be fine. But also, we're a couple steps away from disaster. It's very volatile. It's a weird situation. Exactly. And we speak as Dolphins fans, but also I think it's a very intriguing story. Like what what is next? Right. It can kind of, you know, a team that has struggled over the past few seasons finally gets back to 500 
uh, makes a legit run for the playoffs somehow, and they end up firing their coach. So it's just it's a very intriguing story in the grand scheme of things. And then you have the flip side, you know, a team like the Giants, a team like the Jaguars. What the hell do they do? Yeah, well, the Jaguars, hopefully with a new coach, they can actually get something out of Trevor Lawrence because a year or two years ago, he was like the can't-miss prospect of the decade. And I refuse to believe that he's just bad. There's no way Trevor Lawrence is just bad at football. He's just had a terrible coach. So I think if they get the right personnel in there, Jacksonville doesn't have much to worry about. You can say kind of the same about the Giants, but they have less talent. They they don't have a a five-star blue chipper, at least. Saquon Barkley is too injured, I think, to be that anymore. Yeah, but here's the thing, you know, if is he the next Mark Sanchez? And right now I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence, right? Like, is he the Oof. next Mark Sanchez? It's, I guess it's possible, man, but I think he's shown more in college than Sanchez ever did, and I think he's more talented than Sanchez ever was. We will see. It's possible. He doesn't look much better so far in his college career. He's Sanchez-level production at best, at best. Yep, exactly. All right. Let's talk about some playoffs. You have some notes. Cool. Bring them on. Yeah. Well, I was just going to let's quickly go through uh, do a bracket here like we usually do at playoff time. So let's just quickly go through the first round and then we'll fill it out. I already have mine filled out, so I know where I'm going. But Boris, we're going to start Saturday afternoon, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. The Raiders are playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals favored by five and a half. Who do you like in this game? Um, Fudge. I'm going to have to say the Bengals. Yeah, I took the Bengals too. I wouldn't be surprised. Las Vegas has a slightly better defense than you'd think. They're actually pretty good against the deep ball, which obviously is Cincinnati's kind of their whole offense. They have these crazy young receivers and Joe Burrow, who's an excellent young quarterback. But I do think that Cincinnati will overpower Las Vegas. I think Cincinnati's going to get the win there. Saturday night, 8-15. Shout out to the Smack Daddy. Shout out to Greg. The New England Patriots at Buffalo to play the Bills. Who do you like there? They're playing in Buffalo, correct? They're playing in Buffalo. Buffalo is the three seed. New England is the six seed. And there's a, supposed to be a snowstorm in Buffalo. Here in Toronto, it's going to be minus 30 Celsius on Saturday. Oof. So, Oof. yeah, exactly. Oof. I'm going to have to go, and I hate saying this because I hate this team with all of my guts. And, that's, and I'm sorry to the smack daddies on this one, but I'm going to have to go with Buffalo. I figured you might say that. So, Boris, you're going Buffalo there. I'm actually going to zag on you. I'm going to go New England. I feel like, especially with the loss to Miami, a lot of people are going to be underestimating the Patriots coming into this one. Belichick is going to have a plan. And the weather is the great equalizer. They do always lose to Miami. Pat herself on the back. Barry Harwood style. But yeah, the weather will be the great equalizer if it is actually as cold as they're saying. I, I like Belichick in that kind of dogfight. So I'm going New England for the upset there. All right. I love the fact that in 2022, we are saying the upset is the New England <laughs> Patriots beating the Buffalo Bills. What a time to be alive. Uh, okay, okay, so let's move on to Sunday, Boris. We have the 1 p.m. Sunday game, Philadelphia at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I Tampa. like Tampa there. Tampa, what do you think? Tampa. It's Tampa. Let's be Gotta honest. Be Tampa. Like, you don't need, we, don't, we don't even need to finish the sentence or justify our pick. Tampa. Yeah. Uh, Tampa has a really strong front seven, and the only way Philly ever wins games is with the run game. So they're going to have to pull out a miracle. Uh, good matchup for Tampa. I think they crank Philly. 
Yep. Uh, this is possibly the the most interesting game of the week. Should have been the Monday nighter, but that's neither here nor there. San Francisco at Dallas. That's 4.30 Eastern Sunday, January 16th. A storied matchup, the 49ers versus the Cowboys. Who do you like Man, there? I hate both teams, so if like the, a meteorite <laughs> could hit <laughs> at this moment, that would be beautiful. Uh, but honestly, I'm gonna have to go with the. I'm gonna have to go with them boys. Uh, I just think that all in all, they're just a better team than San Francisco, and um, yeah, they're they're a team that's built for the playoffs. I hate I hate to admit this. Uh, they definitely. Uh, Micah Parsons back there. They have some awesome uh, pass defense now. I do think the Niners, I for some reason, I, I just, I'm feeling the Cowboys choke again. I think the Niners are going to pull this one out. This one, for some reason, I just like Nick Bosa to absolutely raise havoc and wreck uh, Dak Prescott in this game. So I'm going, the 49ers pull it out at the end with uh, perhaps a last second field goal. It's going to be close. But yeah, the 49ers are going to win that game, in my opinion. So we differ on that one, buddy. All right. Uh, yeah, so the Sunday nighter is a Steelers at Chiefs, and that one's a big time blowout. It, it looking like Kansas City is favored by thirteen points in that one. So. Ooh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna have to agree with the with the bookers on this one. I think that Kansas yep. is just gonna run run amok. Especially if you've watched like the last few Ben Roethlisberger games because he's been getting the send off and he's retiring. It's been very like whatever. It's been very nice. Not that he necessarily deserves the nice send off, but that's neither here nor there. If you're actually watching him closely over the last couple of games, boy, he cannot move anymore. It's he's crazy hurting. how. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. He's banged up and, and broken. And he just he looks like a 55 year old man out there throwing the ball around. He looks every bit of his age. So I do think Kansas City's going to romp there. And then we have the rare Monday night playoff game, Boris Rams at Cardinals. And that one, the Rams are favored by four points. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Cardinals. I think that just uh, I don't know. There's something about this Cardinals team. It it depends which Cardinals team is going to show up. Yeah, I, I I can I can see that, but yeah, it's tough. Um, the Rams just have so much talent. I just think one or two of these guys are going to get to Kyler Murray eventually. Like, not that the Cardinals don't have a lot of talent, but if you look at the Rams roster, it's it, we've but, said this before on the podcast. I have, but it's the most talented roster in the oh, NFL. By far. So I just think I, absolutely. It, yeah, you know, they, on paper the Rams should win, but. When this team was assembled, look how much they struggled, right? Yeah, they kind of got into the groove of things, but are they ready for a playoff game? Um, we're gonna find out, buddy. We're gonna. There's only one way to find out, but I think you can easily say the same thing about Kyler Murray and crew, right? So, um, all right, man. So yeah, actually, we our brackets are slightly different because uh, with the new NFL rules, the number one seed plays the lowest remaining seed out of the first round teams, right? So your first uh, your first round is going to shake down that Green Bay will play Arizona and Dallas will play Tampa Bay in round two. Yep. Uh, so in a th- hypothetical Green Bay versus Arizona, who would you got? I would have to say Green Bay. Green Bay. Dallas over Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay over Dallas? Tampa over Dallas. Green Bay versus Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game. Boris, who man, makes that, your Super Bowl? Man, that game would be insane fun, but I'm going to have to go with the Bucks. The Bucks, Tom Brady in the Boris Bowl. All right. So for the record, I have Green Bay going over the Rams 
in the NFC Championship. I think the Rams are going to beat San Francisco and they're going to beat Tampa Bay. Oh, sorry, the Rams are going to beat Arizona and they're going to beat Tampa Bay and then they're going to lose to Green Bay. So I have Green Bay coming out of the NFC. Now, Boris, your AFC would shake down Tennessee versus Cincinnati, Buffalo versus Kansas City. So Tennessee versus Cincinnati, who you got? Tennessee. Tennessee, uh, I like the Titans a lot. How could you not? Derrick Henry coming yep. back, hopefully healthy. We shall see. Buffalo versus Kansas City. That's a tough one, Boris. Who you got there? That's a tough one, but I'm going to have to go with Kansas City on that one. I agree, and I'm right there with you. The chalk AFC, Tennessee versus KC, Kansas City in the AFC championship game. Who's going to win that one? Uh, Kansas City. Yeah, we both have Kansas City coming out of the AFC. That would be their third straight AFC championship, third straight Super Bowl for Kansas City, but we both agree on that one. I have Kansas City versus Green Bay in the Super Bowl. You have Kansas City versus Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Who wins the ball, Boris? Right, so I have a rematch of last year, and I think I'm going to have to go with Kansas City this year. I think that they'll figure it out, and uh, you know they'll, they'll play spoiler. I like it. I like where your head's at. I have Kansas City spoiling Aaron Rodgers' party, showing that, indeed, you should get vaccinated, Boris. Kansas City Chiefs, the official BAM Super Bowl prediction. Yep, there we go. I love how we both eventually got there. Yeah, nice. That's that's synergy. That's how we do things here on BAM. But, yeah, we'll, we'll track the playoff picks as we go along, keep our eye on it. And I think, yeah, the, the big first-round games that we defer on, Boris, I pick New England, you pick Buffalo. And I picked San Francisco. You picked Dallas. Yep. So we'll uh, keep following this. Uh, we'll keep following our progression. We'll keep following the playoffs as they move on. Because, uh, you know, it's going to be fun talking some NFL playoffs for once. Absolutely. Dun, 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 dun. Burr, 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 burr. You don't stop the NFL draft uh, drops, do you? <laughs> I have them on the computer. They're just not keyed up. <laughs> <up. laughs> next. We'll save that for a draft to be named later. Exactly. All right, man. All right, it is time to move on to the wrestling, the sports entertainment chat. Um, and uh, Matt, we have a lot to talk about. We, you know, um, beginning of the year, always a busy time of year. There were a few shows that we didn't have time to cover. Well, simply because some of them didn't even happen at recording time. But some of them we wanted to kind of chat about after the fact. And I think one of the shows we wanted to chat about was the big Noah New Year's show, that main event. Matt, do you want to take that one? Yeah, absolutely. Noah New Year's Day. It was an incredible wrestling match. There's like there's a like a small issue with Noah, and it's certainly no fault of the wrestlers, but just the style of match that they're working, it's just so uh it's hard hitting. It's it's so technical. It's uh, for lack of a better term, dry. They're just really the work rate is through the roof, Boris, but they're just it's not a very flashy match. It's a very intense, hard fought battle. Yeah. So with with the lack of an audience, it's it's I, I, it's both good and bad. Like, you know what I mean? I understand why you would work this style and not a spot heavy. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to go out there and work a Jungle Boy Darby Allen style. And I get that. But I'm I, I'm. It just it falls a little flat when you don't have the crowd losing it for these guys. It's just a lot of these huge Noah matches. They can be a little dry. They can be a little hard to get through. 
Having said that, this match was awesome. Like the technical work on display was through the ceiling. We're talking about Go Shiozaki versus Katsuhiko Nakajima. That was the main event of Pro Wrestling Noah, the new year, January 1st, 2022. How'd you feel about this match, big homie? Um, I agree with everything that you said. The entire show was interesting. It was a very interesting watch. Like I say, I'm trying, I'm trying to watch a little more Noah, and it's very touch and go. You know, you have, you know, it's, it's, it's like, like you said, it's very, very technical. It's very bland, but the work rate is amazing. It's, it's very entertaining. Um, and I thought this match was spectacular. Uh, but this match, in my opinion, had the same issue. That New Japan Pro Wrestling main events have. Not every match needs to be so effing long. Yeah, absolutely. They definitely went a while in this. I believe it was over 30 minutes. But yeah, I would say a great match. It would have been a classic in front of a lively, hot crowd. You know what I mean? But unfortunately, it lacked a little something in my eyes anyway. And it's no fault of the wrestlers. Again, it's it's a fault of the times we are in, Boris. But uh yeah, these big epic Noah main events are always excellent, but they're just dry. It's it's a dry cracker to quote the Simpsons, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> to quote a sign on the Simpsons. No, I agree 100%, but uh, you know, like here's the thing. If, you know, if you are told to watch just this match, would you continue watching Noah? Would you give it another chance? Yeah, absolutely. This match was awesome. And unlike the last match that we reviewed from Noah, which was the 60-minute draw, I actually got through this in one sitting. And by the end, I was like, well, I'm going to watch some more Noah because these guys beat the shit out of each other, and it was excellent. But it was, they did lose me a little bit near the end, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I just think that it went too long, um, you know, which is fine. Like, you know, I understand, I understand the 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 length of of some of these matches i do understand why they do it it's just not my cup of tea personally but you know again i've said it before and i'll say it again especially on this show because we talk so many different promotions and it's wrestling is so subjective Yes, absolutely. Very, very subjective. And and it sounds like we're like, you know, not really praising this match. We're kind of panning this match. But at the same time, if I I've updated my list today, Boris, and I have this right now as the fourth best match of the year. The only matches of uh, the entire year and all of wrestling that have been better were Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page two and the two Wrestle Kingdom main events which are all probably classic wrestling matches. So this was, you know, just a shade below that. It was still excellent. But we, we've we already picked the nits with Noah. They, those problems are there, and I don't know how they go away until the people come back. Exactly. Um, and, and this, you know, the same could be said about Wrestle Kingdom Night 3, which we're going to be talking about right now. Let's stay in Asia. Let's talk some New Japan, some New Japan Pro Wrestling X Noah NJPW Cross Noah. This was yes. an interesting card. Let's talk about kind of like you know the setup to this night when New Japan announced three nights of Wrestle Kingdom. I was a huge skeptic. You know this. We talked about this on this show. I'm not sure what the plan is. I'm not sure what they're gonna do. Now, yeah, yeah. Mix in the fact that the pandemic is still running wild like a Hulkamania, which oh, I shouldn't have said that, but you know, it's still <laughs> you know, it's still a major thing. Not it's that still, well. It's still affecting um, travel. It's still affecting visas. It's still affecting people being able to appear in various promotions, especially from North America going to Japan. Uh, so, I was very curious to see what New Japan would do for New Wrestle Kingdom Night Three. 
Then it was announced that we were going to get a New Japan Pro Wrestling versus Noah special pay-per-view. And, you know, I was super excited. I think a few people on the SNME Facebook group were also super excited. And then the harsh reality came that it was no different than a house show. It was no different than, you know, it, there was nothing that made this night special. We weren't getting dream matches per se. We were getting, yeah, a crossover. But in the grand scheme of things, it was no different than any other Noah, any other New Japan show uh, with their rosters combined. Yeah, it was a little disappointing. It was just a series of tag team matches. I think one or two, I think, yes, I think there were two 1v1 singles matches, one of which featuring Young Lions. So really there was only one uh, singles match and the rest were tag team matches. You could argue that the the main event, Okada and Tanahashi uh, tagging against Muto. Actually, I, I don't have the card in front of me. Was it... Uh, uh, was it Kento that they were talking about? Uh, who yeah, they came Okada and Tanahashi versus Muta and Kiyomiya. Yes. Anyway, um, man, just absolutely brutal. Just uh, I shouldn't I shouldn't say brutal, but very disappointing. It's not unfair to be disappointed. I was disappointed. I didn't even watch the show. So, like, having watched the show, do you think that there was even a great match? Do you think it's yeah. worth my time to go back and watch it? So I think that in the grand scheme of things, if you have if you have a few hours to spare, you can watch this match. I don't think any match is really going to end up being on our top 122 of 22. Um, you know, there were some bangers. There were good matches, but I'm sure we're going to see much better matches uh, throughout the year. What really hurt this show was the fact that you not only if you were a subscriber to New Japan World, you had to wait a few days to even watch the show. So if you wanted to watch the show live, you had to go through a special pay-per-view service from Japan and there were technical difficulties. So mm. it was just a bad, you know, all, all the gremlins, all Murphy's Law, it was just not a good night, but the show wasn't bad. Let me say that. It wasn't a bad show, but it wasn't what it could have been. Yes, yeah, that's that's absolutely fair. It sucks to hear about the uh, technical difficulties. Also, I said Kento. I meant Kaito. Kento is AJ, AJPW. Kento Mayahara is like their ace. Uh, yeah, I meant Kaito. Anyway, Boris. Uh, yeah, man, that 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 sucks to hear. But yeah, the last the, the last two matches of this show both went around twenty five minutes. So they did try to give you that big, epic Wrestle Kingdom match. They just delivered it in a tag team match format. Yeah, exactly. So let me let me run through the card very quickly. I'm not going to go blow by blow. I'm not going to really go in depth into stuff, but let me just give you my thoughts on every match. Uh, so the first match of the night was the Young Lions one-on-one -on -one match. It was Kusei Fujita from New Japan Pro Wrestling and uh, versus uh, Yasutaka Yano from NOAA. They went to a 10-minute limit draw, and this match was awesome. That these two yeah. youngins wanted to prove to their promotions that they are ready. Yes, that they belonged. I read that this was a really good match. Actually, of all the matches on this card, the ones that intrigued me the most were this match and the main event. Those yeah. are the ones that I'll probably go back and watch, at least at some point here. Yep. Soon. Those are honestly the two matches that you probably should watch. Uh, the next match, uh, we it was Tenzin, Kojima, and Nagata from the Japan Pro Wrestling versus uh, King Tani, uh, Mohamed Yon, and Aki Toshi Saito Funky Express from Noah. This match was all right. It was, again, it was what it was. Uh, the New Japan team won, so that was fun. The next match was a match that I was kind of looking forward to, 
but it just didn't work out. That is Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, uh, Taguchi, and Master Wato versus um, Harada, Ohara, Inaba, uh, Inamura, and Kinya Okada from Noah. Uh, you know, what hurt this match, in my opinion, was this is where the technical technical difficulties really hit, um, uh. you know. But Ishii was being Ishii. Uh, this this was pretty good. Um, yeah, New Japan ended up winning this match. Now the next match is also a one on one. This was actually my one of my favorite um, uh, matches of the night. Uh, but. Sorry, going into this, it was going to be one of my favorite matches of the night uh, because it was one-on-one, and I liked both competitors, but it just didn't work out. The chemistry wasn't there. That show from New Japan uh, versus uh, Atsushi Kotoge from Noah. I expected so much more, but again, New Japan got the win here. It wasn't the best match. The chemistry just was not there, um, and uh, yeah, that's it. Just it just didn't work out for me. Um, so now the next match was Bullet Club. We had Ghetto and Ishimori versus uh, Hayata and Saiki Yoshioka uh, from Noah. This match was okay, but you know you started seeing some of the. Bullet Club influence happening here. Uh, there were leather belts. Uh, you know, there was just 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 stuff that you didn't really need in this type of card. Noah ends up winning, so now Noah is uh, on the board. Uh, you know, um, the next match again, another tag team match. You had Suzuki Goon, El Desperado, and Duki versus Yohei Nosawa. Rongai, uh, Peros del Mal de Japón. Uh, this match was all right, but again, New Japan won this match. Um, and you know what? I, I, I got to say the, the MVP of this match was El Desperado. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. He was pretty good. I really like El Desperado. Um, the next match, I barely even want to touch on. I did not like this match at all. We saw Suzuki Goon. Uh, this had Tai Chi. Uh, Minoru Suzuki and Takamichinoku uh, versus Takashi uh, Sugiura, Kuzushi Sakuraba, um, and uh, Toro Yano uh, representing Noah. This match was all right. It wasn't anything crazy. You know, um, Noah ends up winning this match somehow. Uh, the next match saw Noah's Go Shuzaki and Masa Kiramiya going up against Evil and Dick Togo. Man, oh man, evil just needs to just disappear. I don't know what, how else to say this. Definitely seen enough of evil. Also, just the, touching on the previous match, it is dumb that Yano joined Team Noah, but it's nice to see Sakuraba back in the New Japan ring. Anyway, yeah, uh, enough enough with the Bullet Club shenanigans, though, brother. I agree with you so much. 100 million percent. Dick Togo and evil. GTFO. Yep, exactly. Dick to go. Get out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord so yeah uh noah won that match all right so then we saw noah's uh naomichi marufuji and yoshinari ogawa defeating uh suzuki goons zach saber jr and kenemaru 
man, this match was actually really good. We saw some great wrestling. Noah ends up winning this match. Uh, now we're 4-4-1, four, four, and one, so this kind of tied everything. And this was honestly out of all the... Outside of the main event, this is probably my favorite tag of the of all of the tag matches. Um, nice. You know, and then the sub main event. I don't know. It was it was it was busy. There was a lot going on, but it kind it, it just worked for me. Uh, and it, we it, we saw Shingo Takaki, Tetsuya Naito, and Sanada, and Takahashi and Bushi representing Lij from New Japan. Uh, they were going up against Nakajima, uh, Soya. Uh, Tadusuke and Aiya from Congo from Noah, and this match was a lot of again a lot of fun. Not as good as the previous match, the Zack Saber Jr. match, but again, Lij, my boy Naito, a lot of fun. Um, New Japan ends up winning this match, so now they are up five four and one. And then the main event, it was Okada and Tanahashi versus Kaiji Muto and uh, Kaito Kiyomiya from Noah. This is honestly, you know, outside of the opener, best match of the night, hands down. New Japan ends up winning this, and it was just a bunch of fun. Then, you know, we had a joint promo from all four guys, and everyone's happy. Amazing, man. Yeah, definitely sounds like it was a watchable show, at least. And uh, sounds like the first drop in a bucket, you know what I mean? It is the first step in this rivalry. There will be more Noah versus New Japan to come down the road. And I'm excited to see the big singles matches, perhaps a couple Noah stars in the G1. You know, we'll, we'll see what uh, comes of this. But it's a good first step. But, uh, you know, a watchable show, but also a skippable show. Yep. All right. Now, speaking of watchable yet skippable shows, we are moving stateside, and we're going to be talking some Major League Wrestling. Beautiful. Now, Boris, you're going to take the floor here again, buddy. Uh, you have some thoughts about Major League Wrestling, MLW Azteca. We're not even going to touch on the big the, the big story of Major League Wrestling suing WWE. In my opinion, that's one carny trying to out carny an even bigger carny. That <laughs> is exactly. what it is. But nice, good on you, Major League Wrestling, for doing something for the little guy, quote unquote. I'm sure that's how they're spinning it anyway. Yep, exactly. Um, and that's all we're going to talk about that uh, for many reasons. Now, in terms of MLW, Aztec, so MLW Fusion Alpha is done. We're off to the next series. They're going to they're going to Mexico. Uh, there was a lot of cool stories happening here. Um, you know, we had the whole Cesar Duran making kind of like, you know, what's he up to since Lucha Underground closed? What's his backstory? What's he doing with Contra? What's going on with Contra? But you had to flurry in a little bit of, uh, of, 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 of Lucha. And like I've said many times, you know, Lucha Libre is a special kind of wrestling. You know, it's, 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 sometimes it's very hard to watch. You sometimes see the best and the worst of Lucha. Uh, so, you know, this one sometimes is a very difficult watch. That's exactly what's happened here with this show now you know uh the mlw um was able to go to japan you had a nice little blend of mlw regulars and then it, you had wrestlers from the crash lucha libre mexican promotion uh so you do see some 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 names that you would recognize here stateside but like i said 
you know, it's the best and the worst of wrestling, and that's exactly what this show was. Uh, there was, luckily, some story happening with the Cesar Durant stuff, but in the grand scheme of stuff, this show was a miss. And I hate saying this oh, that, because I feel like yeah. we're constantly saying this about MLW, a promotion that, in my opinion, had so much going forward. They have the talent. They have great, you know, the the, the people in, in, in the, the powers that be. They know what they're doing. You know, Court Bauer obviously knows what he's doing. But there's just something happening with MLW right now. I just don't know what it is that it just there's been more misses than hits in the past few months. Absolutely, man. If we if you look back at everything we've ever said about MLW, I think we're pretty positive on them. Like by and large, I just think that lately they've done some questionable things and have put up some bad matches. Like we just we both hated the the War Chamber, but that's because it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, man, if they're not doing a good show, it's you know we're I think we're fair. I think we're going to be very fair to Impact Hard to Kill here in the main event. I think we're both going to be quite fair to that show. I think we both quite enjoyed it, but. Uh, yeah, Major League Wrestling has kind of turned me off a little bit in the last couple of months. There's just so much to watch. But again, I'll give their big things a chance. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pulling for every wrestling company to succeed because I like wrestling and I want wrestlers to make money. So, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a crowded landscape and we'll see how they do. But they, they need to they need to kind of figure out an identity, man. Now they're Lucha Underground Light on top of being everything else. It's uh, it's the same problem i've had with major league wrestling since day one yep they're they're trying to do too much they're not concentrated right now and you know and and i appreciate trying to introduce different styles right but there's a proper way to do it and i don't know i i just don't know what it is but this show just felt very uneven so let, there were three matches on the show i'm not even gonna go through them i'm just gonna talk about it in general the opening match just felt very chaotic, and it was a very wrestling, like a very Lucha Libre uh, feel to it. It was crazy. It was a trios match. It was Aramis, Destiny, and Mysticus versus Eras, Black Danger, and Dinamico. So, you know, you had your, your more your crash Lucha wrestlers on this, um, on this, on this uh, opener, and it was very Lucha Libre. You know, you get your best and the worst, and the embarrassing, and that's exactly what this match had. <laughs> the other two matches just felt a little on the long side, and it just didn't feel like anything glued. It didn't feel like anything worked. It just, it was what it was, right? And and which kind of sucks, because the second match saw Richard Holiday with Alicia Tout versus Psycho Clown. It was, a, it just was what it was, right? The third match was Alexander Hammerstone and Pagano versus King Murtis and Black Taurus. Like, if you see the names... You're like, okay, and that's Pretty what inspired yeah. me to watch the show, but it just it just didn't work for me. It just did not work for me, and I'm not saying it was a horrible show. The storyline, the whole Cesar Duran stuff, the whole invasion here, I'm liking, you know, so I think I'm going to have to give this show a three luchas out of five in the grand scheme of nice. things. Well, that's nice of you. It sounds like you're a little more negative than that on it, maybe. But hey, man, overall, it's like we want, we're cheering for Major League Wrestling. You know, we want it to succeed. But like, what is it? What is the show? Is it Lucha Underground? Is it WWE CW? You know what I mean? Is it like, is it the, is it the ripoff of the one that we knew and loved? Is it a new take on something that we actually like? Is it going to be fresh and unique? Like, what is this thing? What actually is it going to be? That's, that's the issue right now. It's I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. 
And I, I don't, no. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to know if they even know the answer to that. Absolutely. And uh, actually, before we go to, uh, to, uh, well, do you have anything else to say about Major League Wrestling? Nope. All right. Well, uh, good luck to you, Court Power. And, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it does in the, in 2022. But so Major League Wrestling to me has always been a promotion that doesn't know what it wants to be, doesn't know what it wants to do. Quite the opposite. Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, they're the super indie. They've always been the super indie. Their entire thing is grab whoever the biggest independent wrestling star is and let them have the best matches they possibly can against the other best wrestlers. And that's what PWG has strived to be since it started in the early 2000s. And that's what it still continues to be, man. And we got the BOLA 22 announcement. We got the lineup. And I just wanted to quickly go through the eight matches and just kind of see what you're thinking. Who's going to win? We don't know the bracket, but we have all the matches so we can go through them and say, who do you think is going to win? So listen to these couple dream matches here, chiefly starting with PWG world champion Bandito versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Yeah, dude, that match is going to be insane. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honestly have to go with Bandito, but I think this match honestly might be match of the night. Interesting. Well, Speedball like made his hay in uh, PWG more than almost anybody. He went from yeah. absolutely unknown to a superstar amongst the uh, the hardest hardcore nerds. And it was because of PWG. So I actually think Speedball is going to win this entire tournament. I think Speedball is going to win this match. And that's your next PWG like big feud for the world title. Bandito versus Speedball. So I think they're actually going to push Speedball like he was like the conquering hero, like he's the John Cena of this shit. So I'm guessing Speedball wins that match. All right. Jonah versus Buddy Matthews. Bronson Reed versus Buddy Murphy. <laughs> this makes me laugh. Um, but I, honestly, this match is going to be insanely good. Uh, but I think Jonah is going to win. Absolutely, I agree with all the words that you just said, Boris. Moving on, Ring of Honor World Champion Jonathan Gresham versus Davey Richards. Future of Ring of Honor, the present slash future of Ring of Honor versus the past of Ring of Honor in a PWG ring. That's a dream match right there. Yep. I would say Gresham wins that one. <sighs> yeah. I'm gonna agree with you 100%. Actually, sorry, I was actually just thinking about the like who 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 makes sense to win. And just remember, Jonathan Gresham. It, well, he might he might not have the ROH belt by then, but we'll talk about that at the close of the show. Uh, but uh, yeah, if he's holding the ROH belt, I can see him going to the finals. Yeah, I definitely agree with all the words that you just said. Next up, a battle of two thick boys, Boris, not unlike ourselves. J.D. Drake versus Black Taurus. That's a tough one. I think Taurus would probably win that one. J.D. Drake is kind of a lower-level guy in AEW. That doesn't necessarily mean he will be such in PWG. But yeah, I just think Taurus over J.D. Drake there. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think uh, that just, yeah, let's go with that. Uh, Lee Moriarty versus Alex Shelley. Interesting battle of the generations there. Yeah, you know, I hope Lee Moriarty wins. That's kind of like my 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 pick. Absolutely. Same. I agree. I think, yeah, there's no reason really to put Alex Shelley over in that one. Jack Cartwheel, interesting name from uh, GCW and PWG fame, versus Leo Rush. That has the potential to be the best match of the tournament. That will Ret be absolutely insane. Retirement on a pole match. <laughs> 
How dare you? No shade to Leo Rashir on the BAM program. Well, you can throw shade to whoever you want, but no shade for me, Leo. I think you're dope. Uh, I'm picking Leo Rush to win that one. Wouldn't surprise me to see Jack, Jack Hartwheel win it, but yeah, I want to see a best of seven between those two guys. I, they're going to come up with a couple spots that you have never seen before in yeah. a wrestling ring. Oh, no, sure. I love Leo Rush. I think he's he's great. Um, and I, I think that this is going to be his, his, his tournament to say, fuck you, I'm here. Yes, I hope so. Let's let's hope, buddy. Uh, next up, Smash Wrestling notable Kevin Blackwood of uh, of Smash Wrestling fame versus Daniel Garcia. That's a fun one. Yeah, it's like it's like if you know this match could have happened a thousand times in Smash. Um, I may have I, seen it. Yeah, I exactly. I'm pretty it. sure. I'm pretty sure I've seen this match. Uh, I think Dan <laughs> Daniel Garcia. It's awesome. Awesome. It, it, in its heyday, Smash was called PWG North, and it's nice to yeah. see some Smash wrestling boys getting the call. Uh, yeah, in the final match of the first round, Aramis versus Ray Orus. That's going to be a great match. I think Daniel Garcia versus Speedball Mike Bailey is your final, and that's a dream match, too. Uh, it's going to be a really great tournament. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, so before we get to the main event, let's talk about this. Um, let's talk about this Terminus pay-per-view that's happening this Sunday. That's the Jonathan Gresham promotion. Uh, this uh, sh- this show is supposed to happen a few times. Um, it's been it's been canceled, updated, rescheduled a few times. But dude, listen to this card and for the record uh, this is a Baron Black Jonathan Gresham promotion January 16th um live on fight this is the card you have Lisa yeah, Hill. Sunday Sunday that's this coming Sunday January the 16th what time is it uh I want to say uh 8 p.m right yeah 8 p.m 6 p.m. 8 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. Yeah. 6 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. Yeah. Eastern. All right. Lisa Haw Hill versus Janae Kai. That's going to be a good match. Janae Kai, uh, she's done a few spots for AEW, uh, so that's going to be good. Now, the next match is Joe Keys and Dante Caballero of ROH fame versus Tracy Williams and Fred Yehi. Then you have Moose versus Alex uh, Colin. Uh, you have a terminal eliminator match, JDX versus Daniel Garcia versus Invictus versus Invictus Cash versus Adam Priest, uh, not to be confused with Damian Priest. Um, you have the next match for the Impact Digital Media Championship, Jordan Grace versus Kira Hogan. Remember her? Remember Kira Hogan? Vaguely, I have vague <laughs> memories of Kira Hogan. I believe she was a Funkadactyl, if I'm not mistaken. No, that's obviously that's a joke. Yeah, Kira Hogan has been uh, lost in the shuffle in AEW, which is unfortunate because she rules. So hopefully, she gets a good long match with Jordan Grace there. I All like right. that. Listen to the three last matches: Lee Moriarty versus Jay Lethal. Ooh, ooh, that's nice. That's a dream match. That's something that we should be seeing in AEW before too long. But I like that a lot. All right, then the next two matches are for the ROH World Championships, the original and the new. Remember what happened with ROH? You have two ROH belts going around. So the sub-main event is Baron Black versus Bandito. 
Nice. I like that. Yeah. And so it's like they're doing the, the double world title, the interim world title gimmick. That's kind of fun. I like that. Setting up Matt, a future dream match. Matt, this main event for the ROH original world championship to be contested under ROH pure rules. Your champion, Jonathan Gresham versus Josh Alexander. Nice, a Boris dream match. Just yes. uh, one of the uh, one of the absolute best wrestlers in the world, Jonathan Gresham versus one of the best wrestlers in the world, Josh Alexander. That's amazing. That's going to be a technical war. Dope, man. That definitely sounds like a really good show. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dream matches. Dream matches to be named later. Dream matches up and down the card. Holy crap. Exactly. Um, and yeah, so I'm going to be covering that for Slam. We'll be talking about it, I'm sure, on Sunday night's main event. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about it on BAM for sure. Next week, man, tons of wrestling to go around. All right, it's time for the main event of the night of the show, and it's going to be Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill pay-per-view from this past weekend. I think there were a lot of eyes on this show uh, you know, because under 24 hours before this show happened, it was announced that Mickey James, your knockouts world champion at the time, was going to be featured in the WWE's Royal Rumble. So this got a lot of people talking, a lot of eyes on the promotion, and rightfully so, the women knockouts match main evented this show. But Matt, before we get there, let's talk about this show in general. Yeah, absolutely. We're just we're going to kind of speed review this thing, get through this thing quick, tell you about Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill from January 8th, 2022. Started with Toronto boy Jake something, another Toronto independent notable versus Madman Fulton. That was the first match on the pre-show. Uh, five minutes and 25 seconds, Boris. A pretty quick, straightforward match. Jake something pins Fulton with Into the Void, which is the boss man slam, black hole slam kind of thing that he does. Uh, this match was fine. Two big guys going at it, and it was good. Absolutely. We're going to go two and a half speed balls on that one. Uh, right on the Mendoza line, the Mad Cat Moss line, if you will. Next up, speaking of speedball, Boris, on the pre-show, we had Fatal 4-Way, Ace Austin versus Chris Bay versus Laredo Kid versus Speedball Mike Bailey. This was the speedball show. It was a really great little match here. Eight minutes and ten seconds. Quick, straightforward, all-action wrestling. Yep, honestly... Uh, you know, I have to say this, like, it's a shame and hilarious that this match was in the pre-show. It's, yeah, I, I don't know what you would cut, but that it, you could have definitely found some room for it on the pay-per-view because it was a really good match, but you know, it, it's neither here nor there. So yeah, it, they're really seem it really seems like they're behind speedball Mike Bailey. They're pushing them good, good Canadian boy. It's good to see. Yep, exactly. And this leads us into the main show, and to kick off the show was a very different type of match. Yeah, absolutely. First, first and foremost, we I, I, we should point out that uh, the former Tom Phillips, uh, Tom Hannafin, is now the voice of Impact. He's an awesome commentator. What a great addition to Impact. Thank God we don't have to listen to Matt Stryker anymore. God bless him. But honestly, I'm going to use the one F word here. He fucking sucked. I don't care. <laughs> and I'm glad that he's gone. Uh, anyway, I'm sure he's a nice guy, though, Boris. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. But Hannafin just <laughs> killed it. He killed it. You know what I was the most impressed with? And I don't know why this surprises me. Maybe just because we watch too much shit wrestling. Um, and that's how prepared he was, knowing the backstories, knowing the wrestlers, knowing the stories leading into the pay-per-view, knowing the importance of certain matches. You know, it was great to see. It was great to see with Impact because if there's anything that Impact really hurts with is that professionalism. You just want to feel like you're in good hands. And you, with with uh, Tom Hannafin, it just feels like you're in good hands. feels like he's a professional, like he knows what he's doing. So, yeah, man, I thought I thought he did an excellent job on this show. Yeah, we started the show with the first ever Women's Ultimate X match, a crazy stunt show it was. Tasha Steele's winning this match in nine minutes flat. She defeated Alicia, the hot mess Chelsea Green, Lady Frost, Rosemary, and your digital media champion, Jordan Grace. So, yeah, this was it was very sloppy. You know, it was it was not the cleanest wrestling match of all time. But it was super entertaining. Uh, poor women almost died for our, for our enjoyment, Boris, as uh, selfish dickhead wrestling fans. That's the thing, right? Like, you know, and, and we, we were having this conversation earlier about, like, kind of these types of matches, these slobber knocker matches, where they don't technically need to be a good match to be a fun match, to be, you know, rated high on our BAM scale, right? Like, sometimes these dirty, weird matches are just entertaining, and they're going to get a high rating from us. Absolutely. Well, high-ish, right? We're not going to say yeah. it's like five. It's not a five-star. Five, yeah, five, whatever. It's like not perfect right but at the same time it's entertaining it got the crowd into it we're not going to be like snobby about it it's pro wrestling at the end of the day right like it, we're we're trying to have fun with it we're trying to kind of tell you what we liked and just kind of put a number on it just because it's easier it's 2022 it's a five-star society so anyway i would go three speed balls out of five for that uh, ultimate x match very entertaining crazy stunt fest of a match and uh just for posterity's sake i believe we forgot to rate the fatal four-way which would be three and a half speedballs for speedball mike bailey so anyway moving on i think this next match boris was my match of the show it actually was it, it kind of blew me away how how absolutely impressive especially steve macklin was we yeah. knew trey miguel was yeah. was good but yeah so this was steve macklin versus trey miguel for the x division title last chance for macklin if macklin loses he can never challenge trey miguel for the x division title again yeah, man, 13 minutes of just a crazy, really awesome, hard-hitting wrestling match. Man, it just goes to show you, right, when you're in the factory that is WWE, kind of how they change your style, right? Because if you had told me six months ago that Steve Macklin was going to be in your match of the night for an Impact show, I would have laughed at your face. Yeah, absolutely. But yet here he is. Yeah, the, the forgotten son, Steve Macklin. But he did a great job. You, you know, you, you can't hate. Like, we all we can do is try, try to be fair and watch the show that they present us. And this match kicked ass. Blew yeah. my socks off. Really good. I did We're gonna like, go as high I, as three. I, I go do want to point out, I love Trey Miguel's entrance when he did the homage to the Rascals. That was really nice, yeah. I was kind of hoping, because we got the slight mention of WWE crossover, I was kind of hoping maybe we would see MSK show up, but that's not yet. If it's going to happen, definitely not yet. But yeah, so uh, Trey Miguel pins Macklin with a Meteora after hitting a, a Meteora outside of the ring. He hits a second one in the ring to win in 12 minutes and 50 seconds. Three and three-quarter speed balls, Boris. It's a B-plus in Canada. Match of the night. Tip of the cap to you, boys. Yep, and here's the thing I gotta say: if it wasn't Trey Miguel, 
you know how high I am with Trey Miguel. I actually would have been very angry that Steve Macklin lost this match, considering the stipulation, considering a lot of stuff, right? Like, it, to me, it's one of those things where he's just so impressive, and he impressed me so much. During the match, I'm like, I can see him winning. I kind of want him to win. Yeah, he definitely won me over in, in this one performance. In this sub-15-minute wrestling match, I became a Steve Macklin fan. So can't recommend it highly enough. Actually, go out of your way to check this one out. Definitely, far and away, the best match of Steve Macklin's career. Uh, next up, Boris, your neck in the woods, the Ring of Honor world title. And it feels like all Ring of Honor world title matches are now fought under pure rules. Chris Sabin versus champion Jonathan Gresham. Gresham wins this match with a roll-up reversal, the old chain roll-up spot, 12 minutes and 41 seconds. Really strong wrestling match again. Everything on the show was really good. Yep, good match. Uh, it seems that Jonathan Gresham has transformed this original ROH title to the Pure Rules title. Uh, come on, Joshua. It's, what, what, what's going on? Yeah, Devla, it kind of makes sense, kind of sets Ring of Honor apart. The the Pure Rules title, you kind of don't need it, really, if no, you're you doing this, especially. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I think they should uh, combine those titles before Josh Woods goes to WWE again. Mm-hmm. Um, match number six, the colossal Jonah versus your boy, Josh Alexander. Canadian, good Hamilton lad, Josh Alexander, who submits the big fat Jonah. Uh, and I say that with all the love and respect as a big fat man myself. 17 minutes and five seconds. This was an awesome match. If it wasn't the X Division title match, it was this match. That was match on the show. Yeah, this match was great. Went a little long, but it didn't feel it, right? So I'm not saying it went a little long as a bad thing. It wasn't a New Japan main event, but it went a little long, but it was good. Uh, You know, they did some great spots. The storytelling was very good because Josh Alexander was kind of struggling throughout the match after uh, I think it was an early ankle injury spot that they did with him. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, from a headbutt from uh, Jonah as well. Jonah just beating the crap out of poor Josh Alexander, just laying in clotheslines. He's fighting a whale. You know what I mean? This was uh, this was Moby Dick on our screen here. Yep. All right. Next up, this was the garbage match of the evening, but it was a lot of fun. Ten person hardcore war. Here we go. Eddie Edwards, Heath Slater, Rhino, Rich Swan, and Willie Mack defeating the Good Brothers and Violent by Design. So that's Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, Eric Young, Cody Diener, and Joe Doring. This was a, uh, it was like a Royal Rumble style tag team match. Every couple minutes, somebody comes in. War games without a cage. And uh, yeah, just a wild brawl, barbed wire, people screaming, lots of blood, etc. That, that's exactly the best way to describe this match. Um, but, th- you know, there was a lot of story going into this match. You had, um, you know, Eric Young and his people. And then you had, uh, you know, Joe Doring and Violent by Design. And it was just a fun little match. This match was good. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think the big takeaway from this match was what happened after the match. Yeah, definitely a crazy angle to close this match. By the way, sorry if you're getting any static here, any noise in the background. We have this guy who comes in and fixes some stuff at our house from time to time, and he's just the craziest old man, and he gives us shit because it's dirty. But it's not even dirty in this house, really. It just I feel feel bad for my roommate because he always gets the wrath of this fucking crazy old man who comes in to fix our things. Anyway, Boris, neither here nor there. Speaking of crazy old men, Rhino, Eric Young, some crazy-ass old men in this match. This was an 
awesome little wrestling match. If you like violent ECW adult style wrestling, this was the match for you. Lots of uh, lots of things going on. And then we had the Ring of Honor run in at the end. You should probably cover this one because you are the ROH expert here on BAM. Yeah. Um, so after the match, Matt Taven, my boy, Matt Taven, my boy, Mike Bennett, they attacked Heath and Rhino. Swan hit Taven below the belt. Then Vincent shows up, formerly of the kingdom. Um, he hits some people. He starts clearing the ring. And then PCO shows up. He helps the other ROH wrestlers. The broadcast team has no idea what's going on. Taven and Bennett uh, put Mac down. They did their spike policy driver i think it was that they ended up doing um yeah, yeah and then taven placed the head of swan uh over the apron pco did his santon splash and then maria canella shows up at ringside she she she's with all the roh wrestlers and it seems like we have a bit of an roh invasion going on here in impact wrestling yeah, very interesting. We're going to see where this goes. And it wasn't a collection of names that I would really expect. It was kind of an eclectic mix, in my opinion. Maybe, I, like, maybe I'm wrong on this one, but it kind of seemed like the, the island of misfit Ring of Honor well, toys, you know, coming here's together. The thing. Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and Vincent were all part of the kingdom at some point, so those three make sense. It's PCO, the most random of one. Yeah, right? Yeah, but it's, it's good to see PCO in the ring. Crazy that he's still, what is he, like nearing 60? And yep. he's still throwing himself off the top rope to the arena floor doing front flips. This, this man is just made of absolute stone and rubber, and I don't know. Who knows what he's made out of? Like, uh, you know, it's, who knows? Who knows? It's that pirate pirate uh, uh, diet he had in the early 90s yeah. that has helped him throughout his life, I'm sure. Pirate blood and poutine gravy is what's fueling PCO. It's, the, it's just cheese curds for days. But yeah, man, uh, 23 minutes and 25 seconds. This was a really good match. You know, it was very entertaining, sloppier and all hell, but in a good way. This was the, the best kind of ECW match. Yep. We're going to go three and a half speed balls, buddy. It's a B in Canada, 70%. Very good. Not great. Yep, exactly. Next up, the Impact World Title Triple Threat Match. Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, versus your boy Moose versus W. Morrissey, the former Big Cass. So uh, Zack Ryder and Big Cass here in the World Title Match. But it wasn't the main event of the show, so we'll forgive it. Uh, Moose pins Cardona after a ton of shenanigans, after a bunch of Chelsea Green interference, and after a spear in 16 minutes to retain his world title. Uh, yep. After ref bumps, after a bunch of craziness, overall it was a pretty fun match. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely like, in some ways, it was the worst match on the show, honestly. But yeah. at the same time, I would still say it was above average. It was very entertaining. It but, was it was good for what it was. But here's the thing: the worst match on a very good show, you know, is still a pretty good absolutely. match. So that's kind of where absolutely. this match stood. Now, let's let's move on. Yes, yeah, so we're going to say three speedballs out of five for six, that one. 60%, it's a C in Canada, but other than the Jake something versus Madman Fulton, I actually think this was the worst match on the show. I really do. Yep, I agree with you. All right, next up, I thought this was, oh, this is a very tough one to rate. It was knocking on the door of being great. 
but I think it didn't. I think the uh, the stipulation hurt the match more than helped it. Uh, although it was very interesting, they did a good job with it. It was an old school Texas death match: Deanna Perazzo versus Mickey James. Mickey winning after her finishing move, the unfortunately named Mickey DT. Terribly named. So actually, Deanna did get four falls in this match over Mickey. Mickey only got three over Deanna. So if it was an Iron Woman match, Deanna would have won. Unfortunately, it was Texas death. Mickey James wins this one. 19 minutes and 40 seconds. Very good match. Not great. Yeah. Um, one thing that hurt this match was the placement. I don't mean the fact that this was the main event. I think this match does deserve to be the main event for because of the attention that Mickey James brought to this show. But I believe that the hardcore war that happened just two match earlier should have been earlier in the card if this was going to main event. I think having two hardcore matches so close to each other hurt this main event. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't even think of that, but that that it's true. It did. We saw a lot of like weapon, 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 blood, screaming, agony, that kind of thing happened a lot near the end of the show. So yeah, yep. they should have uh, should have almost like opened with that the ten person hardcore war, or at least bumped it up ahead of uh, Jonah versus Josh Alexander for yep. sure. I definitely I agree with that. That's a really good call. Having yep. said that. Excellent match. Very, very good main event. I would go as high as three and three quarter speed balls. It's the bronze medal match of the night. Silver medal going to Jonah and Josh Alexander. And gold medal match of the night. Steve Macklin versus Trey Miguel. All three of those matches, three and three quarters. Uh, B pluses here on BAM here in Canada. Tip of the cap to everyone on this show. Strong impact wrestling program, Boris. I never thought I'd say those words. I know. I'm, I'm shocked that you're even saying it. I would say that it for sure left an impact on you. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, not since uh, Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe or like the ultimate exit in 2003 have I been this excited after a TNA show ended. Well, here's where the excitement really picks up, and that's the fact that Roxy, your ROH women's champion, the Conor McDavid of wrestling of the women's division, was ringside at this match, and as you know, from Final Battle, Deanna Perrazzo has issued a challenge to Roxy, and that's going to happen tonight, Thursday, January the 13th, on Impact TV. Yes, yes, so big spoilers, big huge <laughs> <Yes>. spoilers, <laughs> right now, if you don't know the outcome of that match, turn the podcast off, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week, so warning, spoilers, warning, warning, spoiler, spoiler, Boris. So Roxy loses the Ring of Honor title and apparently has said goodbye to her fans and her home promotion. Got the big send off with flowers and tears and everything. Boris, Roxy's going to NXT. Roxy versus Cora Jade, baby. Yeah, let's do it. Roxy v. Cora Jade. She needs a new skateboarding friend. She does. Roxy versus Cora Jade. That honestly, like that, that like, look at the youth that they're starting to get in the women's division in NXT. It kind of makes you think that they're really thinking of the future. But, but Matt, we all know what the issue is with the women's division in WWE main roster. There's only four people who are given a shot. Yeah, well, the issue with uh, the women's division is that the women's division has gone in the shitter since John Laurinaitis has taken over. I think that's, I think like it's an easy thing for wrestling fans to say, and we're not backstage. But if you just look at pure math, like the the time that women get on screen since this man has been given a job in high in high you know prominence, then. 
I think it's just irrefutably true. And we've seen it in the past when this person was in power as well. So I hope that women get a, get a chance to actually have good matches in WWE again, because it kind of seems like they're not anymore. Exactly. You know, the best match that we've seen in a while. Actually, the the women's triple threat from Raw was pretty good. You should watch that. Uh, the number one contenders match for Becky Lynch's belt. Um, but before that was Charlotte versus, you know, the now unemployed Tony Storm, right? Like, Yeah, and even then, that was like, it, it was a long match on Christmas Eve, at least, which you can't complain about. But it wasn't great. I think the last great women's match I've seen from Becky, WWE Charlotte. was probably, probably, yeah, Survivor Series, Becky Charlotte. And uh, it was a long time before that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the future of the women's division, the, the short-term future of the women's division. Long-term, I'm sure they'll be fine because there's so much talent. Yep. Roxy, Cora J, let's let's make it a thing. All right, Matt, that yes. was Impact. I Honestly, I'm going to watch Impact at some point between now and next week's spam. Honestly, I I think I may as well, man. It's it I I'm at least intrigued by this company, and and I can't say enough about how how easy Hard to Kill was to watch. It was a very good show. I'm uh, I'm not even gonna say that. Um, <laughs> all right. So, for the record, Impact does show up on our PVR. It gets recorded on Saturdays. So, just an FYI. Saturdays. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, very good. I'll keep an eye peeled for it. But yeah, I actually don't quite know what's coming up next week on BAM, but I'm sure we'll get something cooking up for you. Maybe we'll get some kind of retro situation going. I'm sure there'll be enough wrestling. We're going to talk Terminus at least and a couple things, but it's a big episode of NXT Talk. Two editions of NXT UK Corner along with, uh, you know, the big show, the Rainbow Brand. Checking in. Exactly. All right, and then if you're listening on the SNME radio side of things. We have tons still coming this week. We have All Elite Weekly and the old fucks checking in, talking all things dynamite and what was a very interesting, very good show last night. Uh, then on Saturday, we will have not one but two shows as Dark Side of the Elite come rampaging your way with the rampage rollout and then you have your smack daddies they're giving dad jokes all left right and center as they give your smackdown review then on sunday mike mcguire is back on the lead chair for sunday night's main event flagship show i'll be joining him yet again uh we'll be talking all things wrestling the week that was and then the week resets remember jason agnew is still around but he will be contributing on the patreon mainly Yes, absolutely. We're all we're all busy, but Agnew making moves out there. We thank you, thank you very much for your contributions here. Anyway, finding the time to do it, and uh, yeah, man, we've got big things coming up. The Royal Rumble after party gonna be hosted by the Bam Boys. That's of course Saturday, January 29th, a little ways down the road. But you got to be a patron to uh, show up on that one, with or without a shirt. Please wear some clothes, though. We're begging you to wear a shirt. For the love of God, please wear a shirt. Exactly. So patrons are the ones who are going to be able to interact with us, uh, ask questions and whatnot. But you will be able to watch it on the YouTubes, but you will only be able to watch the show, not interact with us. So if you want your say, join the SNME Patreon at patreon.com slash SNME radio. If you want some merch, go to ballergear.ca. Matt, we have to go. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Goodbye. Go Chiefs! Yeah, yeah, yeah!